Welcome back to the second pit stop. And this is where people like you and me can come hang out and chat while I share some of the latest news. Um, but before I dive into like the first article, I need to share a bit of backstory, okay? Um, a while back, I did a video on Dodge's EV Summit. And now this EV Summit is where Dodge is going to attempt to electrify the muscle car, okay? And honestly, I love the idea, but when I think of the word like muscle car, right? Um, a couple things that come into mind. I think about a big body, I think about big power, and most importantly, I think about big sound. Now, the only problem with electric vehicles is that they aren't necessarily known for their big sound, right? Well, apparently, Dodge has something up their sleeve. And this article is from Motor Trend, and it goes like this. Dodge will soon show its first electric muscle car concept, a powerful and quick car that will go on sale in 2024, and is designed to appease a loyal fan base of Charger and Challenger muscle machines. So, the automaker needs to answer the noise question sooner rather than later. Though, the electric Dodge that is coming, and this is in quotes now, is just so brilliant that it's shocking. <laughs> Stellantis CEO Carlos Tavares said in Amsterdam. Now, Tavares said he had asked Dodge brand chief Tim Kaniskis six months ago on how to keep muscle-loving Dodge customers satisfied with EVs. Kaniskis answered with a market research that shows customers in their 30s, that's me, well, I'm almost 30 anyways, but yeah, that's me, are open to making donuts and burnouts using electric power, but about that noise issue replacing the throaty growl of a powerful gas engine. Dodge engineers have created a sound that Tavares said he can only describe as shocking. Yes, he used that word yet again. Everything is just shocking to this man. <laughs> and now the team is looking at how to make their audio creation even louder and more powerful sounding to appeal to millennial buyers. Mmm. That's some good stuff, man. This is some good stuff. So apparently, you know, they found out a way to make an electric vehicle make noise. I guess. All right, I had to drink. I take a little sip of water there. All right. So all of this begs the question as to what do you think it sounds like, right? Like anybody want to take like what how what could you possibly do to make an electric motor make sound? And on top of that, amplifying that sound. I'm not entirely sure. But me personally, though, I'm hoping it sounds like one of those pod racers from Star Wars. <laughs> I don't care which freaking one. But if they can get they can get it to sound like one of those, I'm in, baby. Um, granted, I will be, like, super disappointed if they just decide to use, like, pumped-in audio from the speakers. 
like just massive speakers underneath the car that just make a bunch of noise i, I don't know i don't know but, but hey while we're on the subject of funky sounds anyone out there play destiny 2 anybody at all have you ever heard of a grenade launcher called parasite does that does that ring any bells well this article from games radar talks about what they use to create that sound effect so goes like this the exotic grenade launcher parasite is one of the coolest and strongest guns in destiny 2 the witch queen and part of its flavorful audio was derived from the sound of mac and cheese <laughs> that's right <laughs> In a recent group interview, audio lead Evan Bueller discussed the challenge of building compelling audio while working from home. Ethan Gotch, I hopefully I said that correctly. I'm sorry if I didn't. From Kutaku, from <laughs> fuck, from Kotaku. I don't even know. I can't even say it now. I'd already messed it up. Oh well. From Kotaku, fuck, whatever. Asked about the weirdest sounds that went into the expansion, and Bueller highlighted the wormy audio of Parasite in particular. With Parasite, the worm launcher, some of the sounds incorporated there are sounds you might found in your home. Found some you might find in your home, he explained. I know if you've ever made some fresh pasta, specifically beef mac and cheese, and kind of mixed it around a little bit. Some of those sounds were used to create that. Maybe not so great or weird, but it's something you can experience and understand in your own home. Hmm. Well, that's, I mean, that's very creative on their end, right? That's all I got to say. But, <laughs> so, uh, what I'm trying to figure out here is, you're telling me that this grenade launcher, when you shoot it, it makes the same sounds as what good pussy sounds like, right? <laughs> Macaroni in a pot. That's a wet ass pussy. I, right. Does anybody No. Oh, come on. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Although I, I, I find it kind of strange. He like specified beef, mac and cheese. That, that, what, why beef? You could have just, I don't know. Was regular mac and cheese not good enough for you? But now, here, here's the thing though. Like, imagine you're setting up the stove in the kitchen, you're cooking up some mac and cheese. You got a microphone in one hand and like a wooden spoon or ladle in the other, and you're trying to like record this like perfect sound clip so you're like slapping around the mac and cheese and mixing it and shit with and like what if your wife just walks in and she's looking at you doing this to the stove and it's like what are you doing <laughs> man as like the best you got is like um this isn't what it looks like or i'm working i did i don't know I don't, i'm not sure how you do all that stuff from from home but you better make sure like nobody's around because I couldn't do that. <laughs> oh man, but 
Let's move on to the next one, okay? Let's get out of this. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's really not that funny, but I can't stop laughing. Okay. Do you guys remember that carrier ship I had mentioned last week? Well, we got a new update to the story, and it actually gets worse, okay? If catching fire wasn't bad enough, this article from Car and Driver explains what happens next. The management company towing the Felicity Ace to shore reported this morning that it had suffered a list to starboard and has sunk in waters off the Azarus Road. Oh, uh, off the Azarus Road and Track reported today that the final update from the ship's owner, Mitsui OSK Lines MOL, was on February 25, saying that the boat was stable and had been boarded by salvage crews. That's right. Burning, burning the ship wasn't terrible enough. The motherfucker sank. That sucks. And as we described in earlier stories, the ship had been carrying Lamborghini Urus, Aventadors, and Huracan vehicles, including the last Aventadors to be produced. Volkswagen Golf R's, GTIs, Arteons, and ID4s, and unspecified Porsche and Bentley models. In all, more than 400 vehicles were on that ship, destined for U.S. dealerships and buyers. Even before the ship sinking, the fire on board was extensive enough that none of the vehicles were expected to be in sellable condition. The ship initially caught fire on February 16. Man, so this shit's been going on for like a whole freaking, uh, what, like a whole, a whole week now? Maybe even more than a week. Bro, that sucks. I, again, you know, at, it really sucks. But what do y'all think caused the fire? Hmm. Hmm. That's a very good question, isn't it? Honestly, I think it could, well, I mean, some of the things that I've seen mentioned were uh, a ship engine malfunction. Which could happen. Or maybe even one of the EVs on board caught on fire. Right? Because here's the thing. There was a thing going around from Kia and Hyundai telling owners to park their EVs outside due to fire risk. So, mm, I don't know. Regardless of what started the fire, though, um, it really sucks for anyone who was looking forward to a car <laughs> that was on that ship hopefully they update with you know the total amount or the total cost of damages or something like that but now the other thing that I'm thinking about on this ship is that what if they sank it on purpose if they kind of realized that nothing was sellable like you weren't going to be able to salvage anything then what's the point of saving it? Right? I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. Y'all let me know what you think, right? 
Alright, now we're on to the last couple bits and then I gotta dip out, alright? So, unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard about Russia invading Ukraine. And a bunch of different industries have like spoken out about this. But let me give you a good and a bad example of do of companies, right, doing this kind of stuff. Um first with a bad article, well, with a bad article, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not a bad article. We'll start off first with a bad example that comes in the form of an article from Game Informer, okay? And it goes like this. Following the footsteps of real-world sports organization, FIFA, the UEFA, and the IIHF, uh, 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 is it IIHF? I'm, I'm assuming it is. If it's not, I'm sorry. I'm not a big sports guy. You know, forgive me. In the suspension of Russian and Belarusian national teams and clubs, EA will remove these teams from their games as well in the coming days and weeks. In line with our partners at FIFA and UEFA, says the Twitter announcement, EA Sports has initiated processes to remove the Russian national team and all Russian clubs from EA Sports FIFA products including FIFA 22, FIFA Mobile, and FIFA Online. We're also actively evaluating related changes to other areas of our games. The same goes for the hockey franchise NHL 22 which will be trimmed of its teams representing both Russia and Belarus. I don't know why I said it like that. And now I got the dump truck coming to collect my garbage you may or may not actually be able to hear that all right article also says that EA Sports stands in solidarity with the Ukrainian people and like so many voices across the world of football calls for peace and an end to the invasion of Ukraine, reads the FIFA account's announcement with a similar sentiment shared from EA Sports NHL account. The removal of teams is set to start in the coming weeks. EA has stated that it will provide additional updates on the matter as they become available. Alright, so following all of that, uh, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how removing Russia from games is going to help, right? What is it supposed to do? You just going to like bully? You going to bully Russia and like just be like, "Yeah, you know what? This was a bad idea. Let's pull out a war." Do you, I don't I don't think that's how that works, bro. <laughs> I like you're 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 just dishing dishing. You're just like dissing on like the you know what i mean i just i don't get it like what if the actual citizens the actual people of russia like don't give a shit about wanting to take over ukraine like cuz i promise you the government that makes decisions for us doesn't always exactly line up with what the citizens want right we all know that Honestly, I'm certain Vladimir Putin 
is looking at all of this and he's all like, I don't give a fuck, Keisha. <laughs> That's how I see it. That's how I see him like reacting to this kind of stuff that they're all like booing and shaming Russia for invading Ukraine and all that. He's just like, man, fuck y'all. He going to do what he wants. But this next example, my final article is something I just, I really want to applaud, right? Like this is how you actually kind of help the cause. <laughs> All right. This is another article from Game Informer and it goes like this. Doom 2 co-creator John Romero has released a new level for the famed FPS and 100% of the proceeds will go to the people of Ukraine, the Ukrainian Red Cross, and the United Nations Central Emergency Response Fund. The last time Romero released a new level for Doom 2, it was 1994 when the game released. That means that this new level, which is called One Humanity, is Romero's first new level for the game in 28 years, as reported by Video Games Chronicle. The level can be purchased on Romero's website, and it costs roughly $7. That's how you help, alright? That's how you do it, baby. But it's not just like Romero and this new Doom 2 level. Last week, 11-Bit Studio announced that money raised from sales of its most popular title, This War of Mine, would go to the Ukrainian Red Cross. Thank you to 11-Bit Studios as well. And I think I just saw recently before I started this live stream that they had raised like over $700,000. That's what's up. That's what's up. Instead of just sitting there posting a statement on Twitter going, yo, this isn't right. We shouldn't do that. We're removing your country from the game. Oh, man. This is just a way to go, John. Way to go. Hopefully, I mean, I really hope that a lot of people pick up this new level and, you know, Ukraine can get the help that it actually needs. That need uh, emotional support. Well, but honestly, it's just a real shame as to what's going on with the world right now. Um, but I, I actually want to close this off with a quote from Nico Bellic from Grand Theft Auto 4. Y'all remember that? Grand Theft Auto 4 was great. But Nico says, War is when the young and stupid are tricked by the old and bitter into killing each other. And that shit's, uh, you know what I mean? That's that's more true now than it ever has been. But, hey, I think that's it for me today, y'all. Uh, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you all so much for hanging out with me today. Dude, I really appreciate it. That's awesome. Remember, you can always join in or come back next week on Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern Time for the next Pit Stop. I'll catch you all on twitch.tv slash gamingdrivendad because that is where I'm headed next. But until next time, B.
Be sure to like and subscribe, by the way. But until then, see ya. Goodbye.